0: is up you're listening to the three and D podcast it is a podcast under grizzly bear blues and sb nation uh we are glad to be here with you in this kind of the deadest period of the off season so far ben i haven't been able to talk to you about this since we've kind of been busy the intro song what you what you think about our new intro
1: i like it man uh it's good stuff i, I i'm glad i think it separates us from uh some of the other uh gbb uh podcasts I, I really like it man it's uh you, you know them right
0: yeah so first of all we'll just point out that we're not being sheep and just being like everybody else we're, we're doing our own thing <laughs> over here at three and d no um the the band is called under the radar um and they started when there was three it's three of them a uh, lead singer and electric guitar player a bass player and a drummer they started when they were like 11 years old Um, I think they got connected to the Memphis school of rock. Um, the song is called this means war and they've opened for Kansas and 38 special and Brett Michaels. Um, they were in the running to open for Metallica. Uh, they were in conversations with Sony records to have their own record deal with Sony. Um, kind of this idea that they were bringing rock music back. Um, but they decided that they were going to go to college. Great choice. Um, all of them are very smart, uh, young men and, uh, they, they may come back together, uh, when college is, is over with, but yeah, um, thankful for them for letting us use it. Um, but if you haven't heard them under the radar, they are on iTunes and Spotify and all that. So go check them out. So I feel like since the last time we spoke, just me and you, um, we've had like 17 different players filter through the roster.
1: Yeah. I mean, I made the joke last time. Hey, is anybody going to get traded between now and our next podcast? And that was when we had a bunch of guests. Like I was you were, just joking. You were joking. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know that, you know, it's going to happen every, at least once every two weeks. I think that, I mean, they have to now. Pretty much. So I'm a, It's I'm like a... they get rid of one player. Add two.
0: Yeah, it <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna try to run down the Valanciunas trade by heart. All right. So we send Valanciunas to the New Orleans Pelicans in return. We get Steven Adams and um Eric Bledsoe in the tenth pick. We also sent the 17th pick and got um Zyre Williams with the 10th pick. We didn't take Bledsoe. Um, and send him to the Los Angeles Clippers for Patrick Beverly, Rajon Rondo, and Daniel Oturu. And you think at that point that uh, maybe Beverly is the one that stays out of the three that come from the Clippers, uh, and Rondo is destined to be bought out, and Oturu is probably going to be cut. Um, So then the news hits, like, as you're working on your Patrick Beverly piece, Um, that Patrick Beverly is being shipped to uh, Minnesota for Juancho Hernan Gomez and Jarrett Culver. And um, it then becomes obvious that Hernan Gomez is probably not destined to to be a Grizzly either. And Jarrett Culver seems to be that swing um, kind of person that we got uh, coming to us. So then we're sitting and we're waiting uh, just kind of the the Rondo part of everything, and uh, it finally happened. I don't know if they shopped him around to see if if uh, there was going to be a, a team to take him in on the trade exception or what, but uh, they bought him out, and uh, he signed with the Lakers, and we'll we'll get into that <laughs> that later. Um, so then you're with um, Daniel Oturu. And uh, Hernan Gomez is eventually shipped to Boston, of all places. And uh, we take, so at that point, you think, all right, Boston has this trade, traded player exception. They got a few of them. Um, that's a great way just to pick up a draft pick and, and shed this contract, whatever. But we take back two more players. And we're like, what the heck? We had just cut it down one. And now we're back up having to cut three guys again. And in, in return for Hernan Gomez, you bring back um, the, the uh, hopeful spark plug score that you thought he'd be in um, Carson Edwards, um, who had a magnificent um, NCAA tournament. Um, and then Chris Dunn, who is just this like tantalizing prospect, like if he could just figure it out, like he's just going to be this awesome player. Um, but yeah. he kind of he kind of fits that Grizzlies mold of what they're looking for the the lengthy defender that can um, switch and and maybe do some playmaking too. Like think about all the different guys on the roster now that you're like oh they can defend and make plays can they shoot hell no but they can defend <laughs> and they can <laughs> and they can be a playmaker. Um, the Grizzlies front office clearly has a type. Um, they picked up two more in that type in Culver and and Dunn. I don't know man three guys got to go. What do, what are you thinking?
1: I think there's got to be something else down the road. I, I That's just how it feels. It's like they're going to keep bringing guys in, bringing guys in, and I don't know if they're just like trying to find something that they can just package two or three guys and bring back somebody that uh, is like a mega version of these guys. I don't know. Um, like I said, we were. I was joking when I said that maybe somebody will get traded again, but, you know, out of all the guys – that I thought Beverly would be the one that would be sticking around in a Grizzlies uniform when the season started. And obviously that wasn't the case. And you, you've kind of figured out Hernan Gomez was definitely not uh, sticking around because they put his brother uh, in the promotional stuff. <laughs> so so that's, that's not a good way to start uh, a relationship. Uh, maybe Culver is the guy that they're keeping. I don't know. Cause they just, tra- like you said, they just brought in Dunn and Edwards. I don't know if they're going to keep Dunn and Culver but I mean, who are they getting rid of? I, I, I'm not, I'm not. I don't think Edwards is sticking around.
0: Yeah, so I think it's everybody's in agreement. Oturu is out. Like, there's there's no way. Um, for me, like, why not keep Dunn and Culver? We're not competing for a title this year. Like, it's it's obvious that we're not. And climbing is probably all but said, We're not competing for a title this year. It's about seeing what we have, it's about future development. So why not see if you take like um was it Nate put it, the lottery tickets, and see if you hit gold with um, either Dunn or Culver. And heck, what happens if you hit gold with both? Like what if what if something right. clicks like the Anthony Melton style with either one of them? Um, and then you've got just two bigger guards that can defend, make plays, and then all of a sudden maybe they can knock down some shots here and there. Um so I could I could see um more so maybe it's it's Sam Merrill that ends up being on the chopping block um towards the end. But I love what he did in summer league and I love him as a player. Um maybe he takes the other two way or um maybe Carson Edwards is converted to the other two way. Um, But either way, three guys got to go. Um, and it's got to be one of Dunn, Culver, Merrill, um, Edwards, right? It's got to be, you know. Right. So I, I'm with you. I think Edwards is the least likely candidate to stick around, and I think Parker kind of says the same thing in his piece. Um, I, I find Dunn interesting. We right now we just get under 20. We don't have to get it under, you know, 15 until the preseason's over. So we at least right. get the chance to let maybe let these guys battle it out in the preseason and see who has it and who doesn't and go from there.
1: I mean, sometimes it's not necessarily the guy can't play in the league. It's sometimes the guy's just not in the right situation, right environment, right, right fit. And who knows? I mean, they're like, you said, Dunn shown potential. He was a great college player. Uh, Culver has the potential there as well. Maybe those two guys just needed a new, new environment. And Maybe the Grizzlies are it or we'll find out quickly that maybe they just can't play in this league or. I think
0: Yeah. I think you nailed it with Colbert. Like look where he went. He went to freaking Minnesota of all places. And it, (laughs) (laughs) it's a terrible organization. So for Colbert to not have worked out in Minnesota's, I mean, yeah, why not give him a chance to see if something's different for him in a, what has seemed to be a very healthy and good environment for players uh, in Memphis. And then when has Dunn ever been in the right situation? Um, I don't think any roster he's been a part of has been like a fit for him either. So it's, it's another, you know, you know, you go read the, the comment sections of Grizzly Bear Blues and you got some of these guys that absolutely hate the Grizzlies taking swings on guys like Justice Winslow, Josh Jackson, you know, they'll be like, you know, beat their chest afterwards. i told you about Josh Jackson. i told you he wasn't going to be any good. And they're the same ones crying right now that Culver's not going to be any good and Dunn's not going to be any good. But we don't know. And that's what the point of this is, is to fi- to figure it out.
1: And none of this has really hurt the development of any of the other guys. I mean, we've found Melton in this whole process, a guy like Melton. We've discovered what he can do in this process. Dylan Brooks, is he's elevated his game. So what Josh Jackson didn't work out. So what Justice Winslow didn't work out. I don't think either of those guys took up a roster spot of a guy that would have put the Grizzlies to the next level. They've been able to develop enough guys while seeing what these other guys that had the potential could do. Who cares if they didn't pan out? It hasn't hurt anything. So, yeah, go ahead and brag about a guy that hadn't worked out isn't going to work out in Memphis. Congratulations on calling that. I mean, that means nothing to me. The Grizzlies didn't lose anything. And anyway, like they're still developing guys and they already know kind of who they want to take to this next step. Well,
0: here's, and this would be a good point to transition to my experience on Twitter the last week. Um, (laughs) Two weeks. Yeah. These these guys are, are crying over dead cap. Like the buyouts of Dion Waiters and, um, you know, buying out Rondo and the money that we're using on these on on the dead cap is just some critical, just hit to the team that's going to affect our ability to win a championship this year. No, I'll tell you what's going to affect our ability to win a championship this year. Your stars can barely rent a hotel room and drink alcohol. They ain't. They're they're just they're not ready. Like it's they it's can't not a car. Yeah, they can't. It's it's not no. the Grizzlies' time. And like, so what if we use a year? And do good business with other teams by buying out the players and letting them go to where they go and and getting these extra draft picks and assets. That, and they're like, well, it's not working out for Sam Presti and Danny Ainge, all those assets, blah, 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 blah. Like, shut up. It's not Sam Presti or Danny Age. Like, Kleiman is doing what he has to do in a small market to try to make it work.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think it's necessarily the same situation either. Like, with, with Danny Ainge and Sam Presti, it feels like – they're they're gonna keep Ja. They're gonna keep Jaron. Uh well, maybe they'll keep Jaron. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that out there. I mean, who knows what they're doing uh, with Jaron? They're building around Ja, and they I think they kind of have a vision of what they want. I think Jaron is part of their future. I th- I really feel that way. But this year will tell a lot when it comes to him. I mean, I guess. And you know, it, again, it's not their time. They know what they're doing and job ja seems fine with it. You know, we don't have a disgruntled superstar. There's a zero,
0: there's a 0% chance that climbing is doing all this and Jaw's not on board. Like, right. He's, he's not an idiot. Like you said, he knows what he's doing. And I think the big problem is that nobody else does. And that's what pisses him off. Like, He's so mm-hmm. unpredictable with what he's been doing, but at the same time, he's not like he's he has clearly got a pattern for what he's doing. He's taking the bigger contracts, turning them into smaller ones that it will be a less of a cap hit when he wants to waive them or, or move them on, or more tradable contracts that he can move on. So let's talk about dead cap and Rajon Rondo and the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> okay, this um,
1: Harrison. We're, Fager, we're paying a bunch of Lakers.
0: Harrison Fagan of uh, Silver Screen and Roll, that's the the Lakers SB Nation site, put out an article. Um, that's a it's a good piece, but the the title was a little <laughs> not not good wording. And he basically said that the Grizzlies were some feeder system um, for the Los Angeles Lakers championships. And um, I just kind of said, LOL, what um, feeder system, you know? I can't remember exactly what I said, but Lakers Twitter. Boy, was I introduced to a different level of hell on Twitter with Lakers Twitter. Like I could, I could not I like we have our own guys over here at Grizzly Bear Blues that are just a pain in the butt. I could not <laughs> write for the Lakers and deal with the insanity that resides in Lakers Twitter. They came after my head. And Me and Harrison were fine. We talked it out. Like, hey, man, I just think it's a poor choice of words. He's like, yeah, you're probably right. Grizz Twitter's all up in my mentions. Like, I could have, you know, this is what I meant. And I'm just like, all right, cool. But the rest of Lakers Twitter, oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, Harrison immediately kind of backpedaled on, well, maybe I should have, you know, worded it better in the the title or, you know, the tweet or whatever. But, I mean, Laker Twitter's – look at the – FedEx Forum, when the Lakers come to town, it's a lot of Laker fans, and you know, they'll, they'll sit there and talk trash to you. And they're all, you know, they're all from Memphis or Little Rock or Jackson, or they're not from LA, no, and you got them all over the country. No, you got them all over the country, and that's, you know, they're they get. They don't. They don't lose though. That's the problem. It's like the Yankees. You know, if they have a down year, they have one down year. They're back at it. You know, they're throwing their money at whoever. I guess you know they would argue that the Grizzlies are throwing money at whoever and releasing them or sending them to the Lakers. But whatever. I I just I I didn't bother me. Like it really didn't bother me whatsoever. You know, they go back all the way back to Grizzlies gave Paul Gasol to the Lakers, gave them a title. I mean, that was Popovich. He immediately went into that, and, you know, he kind of basically said, I said what I said when he was questioned about it with uh, Marcus Gasol when the Grizzlies bounced them out of the playoffs.
0: (laughs) Yeah, according to Lakers' Twitter, Dwight Howard led them to that title. (laughs) Like, he's the reason they won.
1: (sighs) Delusional. That's all I got to say. They are a delusional fan base. Uh, I think I, I think the love for the Lakers this year is ridiculous as well. It's not just the Laker fan base; it's all of basketball media. It feels like I don't. I still don't get it because to me it feels like this team is a little too old to uh, be championship contenders. They could. I mean, they got the the best basketball player in the, on the planet. I guess he still is. I mean, I can see a lot of people argue that Kevin Durant right now is currently the best basketball player on the planet but you, know, you got LeBron you got to show me when everybody's like oh my goodness they're collecting the largest group of talent ever to be on an NBA roster yeah probably but it's not they're not in their prime they're most of them are past their prime
0: yeah they're they're forcing the Lakers as a contender down our throat uh much like they uh, forced Zion down our throat early, uh, early on. And it's, it's like I said, before we started recording this, the geriatric all-stars like good luck. Like you're, I'm not terrified of the Lakers this year. Like they got worse on their floor spacing. Like
1: you had Russell yeah. Westbrook. He can't shoot. Right. And I, there's not enough. Everybody wants to, uh, wants to shoot. There are, there are too many miles.
0: To yeah it, I,
1: it's like
0: the Warriors are better the Jazz are better the Suns are better the Nuggets are probably better like it
1: healthy Nuggets yeah Jamal Murray returning
0: yeah he'll come back yeah it not worried about it so I, I go through that adventure with Lakers Twitter and um, eventually just decide to just stop responding um, and then I somehow simultaneously piss off both Grizzlies and Pelicans Twitter at the same time, um, because apparently both sides um, either love or hate the trade between the two teams. I, I don't even know where people freaking stand on this, um, but here and part it's it's all about how you word the tweet because Parker screwed me over too, and I text him about it. <laughs> <laughs> he put it as he he left it open for um, interpretation that I was saying that. Adams was an upgrade from Jonas Valanciunas and I've never said that and I didn't say it in the in the article either matter of fact in the article I, I explicitly say Jonas, Jonas Valanciunas is a more skilled player than Stephen Adams I just think Stephen Adams is a better fit for this team and John Morant than Jonas Valanciunas is based on what this team needs going forward they need more shots created for Jaron and Desmond Bain and those kind of guys he's a better role partner for John ja Morant, he's a better defender. Which, oh my gosh, let me tell you, if you talk to these people on Twitter, <laughs> Valanchunas is the best you know big man defender that's ever walked the planet. Like Pelicans Twitter was just like Steven Adams is, has been going downhill for four years. I'm like he had a career year Wasn't, the year to before be the fair, pandemic. They didn't watch the playoffs. But they can't. The they, they don't. The they don't know what the playoffs look like. No, they probably don't know what channel it's on. No, no, but another part of it is most of these people that rode me on Twitter didn't even read the article, they read Parker's stupid title that said <laughs> that <laughs> I didn't say it was a downgrade, and they're all like, Oh, you think Valentina sucks? No, I valiantly defended him over and over and over again, but his weaknesses were so overly exposed in the playoffs. Like, I want to see what Steven Adams brings. Because Adams can be effective without having to score. Valanciunas could have been effective without having to score, but you also felt like you had to feed the big man. He was like a security blanket that we got to take away from the toddler. Like, we got to take the training wheels off of John Morant and Jaren Jackson Jr. And Valanciunas was those training wheels, it felt like. And so all I was saying was that Adams is better in certain areas. He's comparable in others. And I had the, the numbers to back it up. And, you know, Parker then texted me on the side and said – um, defensive rating, you're lying to the people. I'm like, I understand that. But the, the people that are reading this and arguing with me, they don't understand defensive rating. So I'm just going to use this in my favor <laughs> right now <laughs> until somebody calls me on it. And he's just like, fair enough. Um, but to, to hold Adams defensive rating against him, the Pelicans as a team was a terrible defensive team. Of course, his D rating is going to be terrible as well. He is a better pick-and-roll defender than Jonas Valanciunas, and I don't think it's close. He's going to rebound the same. He's just not going to shoot jump shots the same on offense. Right. Like, man, I and the, the worst part was I was taking it from both sides, like the Grizzlies fans and the Pelicans fans. Like, oh, you hate Valanciunas. No, I don't. Oh, you're getting a crappy player in at Steven Adams. I don't think so. I think he'll be rejuvenated for not being in the crap hole in New Orleans. It's a side circus
1: that nobody wants to play at. Right. And and two things on that. I mean, I will, after the uh, Hernan Gomez for Dunn Edwards pick swap trade, I had a couple of co workers and, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, we basically got nothing for Jonas. I mean, why didn't they just trade Jared Jackson instead? Jared Jackson's slaw. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? And, they, and you know, I, I feel like I'm getting ganged up. I'm like, both. He, first, I was surprised that one person said this. <laughs> and then they have a co worker jump on board and they both are like, dead serious about this. I go, what are you talking about? I just had to kind of walk away from this because I'm like, y'all don't know what you're talking about. They're like, Jaron Jackson Jr. He just needs to get his butt on the block and be a big man. Cause that's what he is. And Jonas was their best player last year. I was like, okay, I can, I, I was like, I love Jonas, but you know, I, I think it, I just basically told them they were dumb. <laughs> thinking they should trade uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Instead of, instead of Jonas. And also, we need to go back to our podcast before the draft when we had Eric on because he hinted at what the Grizzlies are doing in the entire offseason when it came to making a draft pick. And that's basically getting a team for Ja to be the superstar. You, like you said, you take the training wheels off, you get rid of Jonas, you get rid of a guy that you have to get him the ball if you want to expect anything from him, you know, down the stretch and help you on offensively. They're bringing in other guys that complement Ja and allow Ja, you know, spacing and he can drive to the lane and they can clear out clear it out for him. They're bringing in a team and building around Ja to where he's going to be a superstar. We've seen him as a budding superstar. Now we're seeing the Grizzlies actually putting a plan in place to allow him to be the superstar.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I didn't even think about that Eric part, but he, he did call it and, and tell us like, this is, this is what I see as the possible goal without saying that in the, as many words as limited as what he can talk about. Um, you know, one of the fun facts that I put in uh, that article about, you know, Adams is in Brooke Lopez's 20 year, 28 season. Um, he, <laughs> you know, he went from shooting 0.3 threes per game to 5.2 at, at like a 35% rate. I'm not saying Adams needs to chuck five threes a game, or that he will. But what I'm saying is, it's not too late for him to add that to his game. Now, the caveat is his free throw percentages suggest that that's probably not likely. But you've seen video of him with a with a nice touch. Like he has a pretty good floater from range that he that he's hit throughout his career. Um, He's the team to team. Like all I wanted to say was the team was lateral. Like the team took a lateral move at worst. Like, we didn't just, like, get worse on purpose for the sake of the future. Like, these people are crying about. No, the Grizzlies are still going to be competitive next year because you got another year of Morant under his belt. Jackson should finally be fully healthy. And then Desmond Bain is only going to get better and take more shots. So,
1: like, the Grizzlies are going to be fine. Chill out. Yeah, I mean, why always look at the negative and why not look at the positive every once in a while? I mean, I know that's kind of – not how social media works or comment sections work, but like you said, Desmond Bain is going to be awesome, I think. And we're just seeing kind of like a little bit of what he's going to bring to the Grizzlies during the summer in the summer league, what he's going to bring this season. And I can't wait to see him kind of get his chance to to shine because he's going to get more playing time now.
0: Right. So we're gonna move on to the last thing. They got Twitter up into a stir. I, I guess I had a, an eventful two weeks. Uh, on I
1: just you know sat what? on the sidelines and let you take care of everything.
0: Ever since I got this stupid check mark, I have <laughs> had some idiots in my mentions.
1: That's what you get, blog boy. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> me and Ben Hogan, certified verified blog boy slash fanboys. Is that not the pettiest thing for adults to get upset over? Have you seen something something dumber that adults have gotten upset over?
1: No. And my favorite thing is like, we can't just say that these people deserve it. We're going to tell you other people don't deserve it. It's like, I think all of us agree that certain people that haven't gotten the checks, some of them do deserve the checks. We agree with that. Yeah. I understand why, you know, to say that somebody deserves it, but we have to run down other people that have it. And it's just childish it's immature and it's, it's I, an e- I don't get it's, it, it. It's, it's, an it's, petty, like it's, it's an ego thing it's an ego thing
0: you think you're better than everybody that's gotten one so you deserve it and the reality is some of us work just as hard as they do we just don't happen to make it be able to make a career out of it like you got lucky and got to make a career out of it while us yeah we're fans who happen to most of us be males so we're fanboys whatever we work at a blog blog boys whatever but like we take what we do seriously, especially at Grizzly Bear Blues. Like we we don't treat this as you know, as a fan sided article where you just anybody gets on there and writes whatever they want. And that's what we're gonna talk about now. Trade articles. Real quick. Okay.
1: I want to say that I think John Morant has probably quoted or commented on more of Grizzly Bear Blues tweets and articles and than, stuff than, than anybody, any other publication in the city of Memphis.
0: Yeah. They read us. The players read us, yeah. and that should that should make us more valid than than any check mark that may come. Now, should all of us have gotten verified check marks? Maybe not. But you know what? We did, and <laughs> you know what we have to say apparently matters. And ever since this stupid little check mark I put next to my name, Twitter has been a different world. Um, yeah, I got some more followers, but then some of those followers were. Says, it's almost like Grizz <laughs> Facebook is leaking on to Grizz Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. So there was a trade that I threw out there um, that I saw on Bleacher Report. Uh, I put it out there, and and I was really disappointed in in Grizz Twitter on their response. Okay, the trade was we give up. I think it was, we just give up all three of our picks next year. Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson for Ben Simmons is a three team trade, but that essentially we, that's what we give up and Ben Simmons comes to Memphis. And here, here's what I think about that. We're not using all three picks next year, period. Like it's not happening. We are, those picks are there to be consolidated, to make some type of move some way, somehow. So packaging and losing only one one draft year you're not losing multiple draft years which is what kills franchises when you're giving up a pick every other year you're giving up four straight years of picks to go get James Harden or whatever those big massive trades are with the ridiculous we're giving up one year's draft and you're getting a 25 year old three-time all-star perennial defensive player of the year candidate just because you have recency bias, you, because Dylan Brooks had the best five game stretch of his entire career after having a year, a calendar year of being garbage, Kyle Anderson being having his peak season, and probably should sell high on him, you don't want to give up those two guys in one year worth of draft picks for a 25 year old, six foot ten, freakishly athletic. Elite defender and playmaker just because he doesn't shoot. Well, if you look at what the Grizzlies want to do, they want big defending playmakers and they don't care about the shooting. Tell me that Ben Simmons is not the exact kind of player that the Grizzlies front office is looking for and would fit beautifully right in between Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant if and only if Simmons was okay with not being the primary point guard.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I I told you that when you, when you threw that out at me, I thought all the draft picks was a little too much, but you kind of, you kind of sold it to me for the most part that, I mean, I love Ben Simmons and I just think the needle has gone way too far the other direction against him just because he did have a few, he, he wasn't great in the playoffs. That's fine. I, I get, I get why some people are just like they're out on Ben Simmons because of a small thing. And We've seen franchises throw millions and millions of dollars at players who've had a great stretch for five games in the playoffs as well. So, I mean, it works both ways. But Ben Simmons is a superstar, if you ask me. I mean, he, he, does, he does something in the NBA better than almost anybody else in the league. And that's defend. And he's a playmaker, and he's not going to need to play the point guard. And he's, you know, he can finally play – off the ball he's not going to be expected to you know do everything that he was expected to do in Philly and I think that actually might help him as well so I think it's mainly mental for him I think he put too much pressure on himself in Philadelphia I mean we saw that at the end of the series he passed up a layup because he had the two he wanted to get rid of it he wanted to pass it off he didn't feel comfortable he doesn't want all the pressure on him come to Memphis it's fine of course you still have people that saying, you know he doesn't put up 20 points a game. They'll they'll look at it and say that it's a bust. He's a bust. No, I I, I would love Ben Simmons here in Memphis. And uh, as long as it just didn't eat up the calf space, I'd be all for it. As long as the – we've seen Kleiman take care of the money situation. I just didn't want it to be a situation also he's, – he's set to make a lot of money over the next few years. Ben yeah, Simmons is. No no
0: doubt. and. And
1: but if you want to be a contender, title contender, you're going to have to pay more than one guy.
0: Right. And so I, I saw Anthony saying approach this on Twitter when somebody was talking about him and the money and they're like, well, we don't want to have, you know, two to three guys making almost $30 million on the roster. He's like, Oh, so you don't want to be about be like any other team that's contending for a title. Like you're going to have to pay three guys. Like it's just what it's yeah. going to be just to, so like if the approach going forward is Jaren at the five, and his weakness is rebounding. And then you get Ben Simmons on the floor who can get the rebound and doesn't have the outlet. He can just go. He can initiate the break with, with Jaws streaking ahead, like, Oh, or a pick and roll where Ben and Jaren are working together or jaws of the ball and Ben's rolling and Ben can make the play out of the pick and roll like the, I guarantee it in a new situation with some more confidence, the mental aspect of it, a fresh start somewhere else. I, I bet he starts shooting the ball again. He's 25 years old. Like it's going to be okay. Like the overreaction and overcorrection of the Ben Simmons hot takes is absolutely asinine and insane. And to hang on to freaking Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson for somebody like that, it's just dumb. I, I, I will give it this. If Simmons is a diva in the locker room and he doesn't fit the culture and Kleiman wants to make that decision based off of culture in the locker room, I'm I'm okay with that. But if they feel like he would fit in the locker room, you get rid of just about anybody you need to get rid of to bring this guy in.
1: And I don't necessarily think that Kyle Anderson is full of, is part of the long-term situation here in Memphis. I think he's still good for another year or two but I don't see him as like if this team is planning on being title contenders for the next decade, I don't see Kyle Anderson as part of that plan. Ben Simmons, on the other hand, you bring him in, he would be. So at the end of the day, you're talking about bringing Bill, uh, Ben Simmons, I almost said Bill Simmons, uh, Ben Simmons in, and it's Dylan Brooks and some draft picks more or less. If you're looking at it to get the Grizzlies to that title window.
0: Yeah. And people want to argue that like, Simmons is just like a bigger Kyle Anderson in, in the way that their raw stats look and even some of their advanced stats. And, and sure there, there's some statistical evidence there that might back that argument, but wouldn't you rather have Ben Simmons and Kyle Anderson? I mean, really? Yeah. Kyle's had one year of great three point shooting sell high on him and move him on. Now Brooks is, you know, he provides that energy. He brings that spark and that funk, but I, I think that Tillman and Bain or two guys, and John brings plenty of energy himself as well, and you want to talk about, you know, well, Brooks is your defensive, Brooks is a good off-ball denial defender, he's not a good point-of-attack defender, but when you have Chris Dunn and you have Jarrett Culver and you have Ben Simmons waiting in the wings to play defense, with Jaron behind him and Tillman behind him, Steven Adams is still behind him, Steven might have to go to make contract, you know, work, but it could it could be such a seamless fit, and people are just so stuck on recency that they have been completely and totally blinded.
1: Yeah, and at the end, I just don't understand why you're against Ben Simmons. Also, you uh, you do this trade. That's how you turn the roster.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. And people need to understand, like, I am not, like, a huge Ben Simmons lover. Like, he does not fit the mold of the type of basketball player that I personally love myself. Like, I'm a Dylan Brooks hater for the very specific reasons of offensive efficiency, and Simmons doesn't offer that in, in shooting and that kind of stuff. But I would, in a heartbeat, take Ben Simmons over those two players combined. Like, I, to me, it's a no-brainer. Um but you know, I managed to rile up Grizzlies Twitter for the second time, uh, on that, so I just need to figure out what my next take is going to be. They get some worked up even more.
1: But you, you, you should know this. I mean, Grizzlies fans fall in love with guys, yeah, uh, that are on the team, and you know, they put together one or two good years. They, you know, they you love Memphis, Memphis loves you back, and that's the situation I think we see with a few of these players as well, like. They they, see the, they think that guys are a better player than they actually are just because of, you know, the emotional connection to them. I think that's also part of what you ran into with Jonas, with Dylan, with Kyle. I mean, these are guys that have been around for more than a year with the Grizzlies. So the people that kind of stuck through the, the hard times after the grit and grind to get to this point, they kind of have a connection a little bit to uh, those players. And I think that's kind of what you ran into because you're trying to get rid of some of their favorite guys.
0: Yeah, because this time last year, everybody would have been thrilled to trade Kyle Anderson.
1: Thrilled. Would have done it in a heartbeat. He was a guy that was rumored to, I mean, we all thought, him and Gorgie, we're like, Kyle and Gorgie are gone. Like, you know, that's fine. If they're not gone by the trade deadline, something went wrong. And, you know, one of them went and Kyle, you know, he had a resurgence, which was awesome. It's nuts.
0: All right, betting man. I'm going to ask you a question. It looks All like right. the 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 over under for the Grizzlies' win total in the year is right around forty one. Where are you putting your money?
1: That's tough. That's a tough uh, one. Uh, right now, I would probably put it. Oh man, this is tough. I would I would put it over because I think you have to be above. I think you have. I think that they'll make the the ten. They'll make the playoffs, the play-in, and I think you would have to go be above five hundred to get in this I season.
0: Think, I think if I had to put some money on it today, I would put it on the under.
1: That's, I mean, that's fair. That's tough because I mean, Vegas has totally missed on the Grizz the past couple of years. They've put it so low, and I think they probably lost a lot of money on it. So they're like, we're gonna we're gonna make it a little tougher. It be a little tougher this year, and
0: and for me, like it's not because I don't want them to succeed or I don't think that they will succeed. It's more of what's the next step for John Jaron? Are they going to take it this year? Um, is Adams going to be the fit that I think he's going to be? And the improvement of some other teams in the West. So I don't know. No, I, I get I, it. I would take a push. I, I would take that. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I. I... I need to write up something for uh, GBB with all the uh, preseason props and all the, the win totals and everything like that. I've looked at a few of them. The Grizzlies is, like, right on the money about around where they're going. If I was – you said I'm a, I am ai am a bad man, but the thing is, I, it's something that I would stay away from. Like, yeah. I'm not going to put money on it. Right. I'm going to stay away from it because it seems like it's right there, and it could go one or two over or under either way. Mm-hmm. And also, depending on – Obviously, the injuries is something that you kind of take out. You say, you, you say a perfect – you know that somebody's going to get injured. You know guys are going to miss games here and there. But it all depends on where they see themselves also at the trade deadline and what kind of moves they want to make for their future. Like if they're 12th and they feel like that they can't catch 10, which I, I doubt that's the situation, they may move on from guys earlier than expected. I don't know. There's a lot to go into it with the Grizzlies right now because of the way that they're kind of constructing their team and not seeing this year as being the year to make that jump. They kind of feel it's a couple years away or at least one more year away.
0: Yeah, for sure. That I'm with you. I'm not touching it. Um, <laughs> I, I might drop a pretty little dime here here on uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s odds and win most improved. Um, yeah. that's a, That's about the only Grizzlies-related um, future prop that I'd probably touch.
1: Yeah, I I, w- I might, you know, just put w- one or two dollars on uh, Ja MVP just because. <laughs> just and throw it away one or two dollars. I said a, a dollar or two. Like, I Like Just a couple bucks. <laughs> Do they even have odds posted for that? I think it's like plus 4,500 or something like that. So I'll put two bucks down that's good. Like That's not
0: like insanely high <laughs> odds.
1: No. Uh, yeah, Job Morant right now according is uh plus five thousand. So I'll put two bucks down and hundred dollars if he wins MVP. So who who's right around him? Um hold on one second. Let me. Uh Jimmy Butler. Uh Jimmy Butler is at plus five thousand as well. Huh. Uh, above, right above him. Uh, the, the next jump is plus 4,000. That's Kyrie Zion and Paul George right below him. It's plus 6,600. So it goes from plus 5,000 to 6,600. It's Bradley Beal, Julius Randle, and, uh, DeMond
0: That is some, uh, good company to be involved with right there.
1: And Luca is the the leader right now and he's plus 400.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, Ben, has been fun. Um, yeah, we probably only got a couple more episodes before we're back to a weekly episode. Um, hope you and the wife and the, and the kid are doing well.
1: We're doing as well as we can. We we can be, uh, how about yourself?
0: Yeah, we're doing good. Levi's one and running around everywhere, jumping on and off stuff. Just, <laughs> I feel like I've got a three year old already. He's just, he's so advanced, so smart, um, and he loves basketball. So that's awesome. That's good. No doubt. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the 3D podcast. Make sure you check us out anywhere that you stream your podcast. Uh, make sure you follow Grizzly Bear Blues on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies uh, and check us out online at grizzlybearblues.com. Uh, This upcoming season, Ben will be putting out uh, all your betting needs for you degenerates out there. And uh, continue to watch for our off-season coverage as the preseason approaches. For Ben, I'm Justin. We'll catch you guys next time.